Hey everyone, welcome to the X Factor Files podcast. I'm Daryl. And I'm Philip. Welcome to uh, issue 14's coverage from X Factor Volume 3. Volume it, 2? I don't know. I still, like, there's the black hole that is Volume 2 that I'm unsure of. All we know is that we like it. Yes, so whatever this is, it's great. Yes. Um, and it is very hot right now. I mean, it's summer in Minnesota, except gross. So Yeah, someone set it to the grossest setting. So we did all our yard work yesterday. Today is more chill. And it's huh, putting all the dishes away that we used and cleaned yesterday. Yeah, there was um, a near disaster when it comes to deep frying um, cream cheese wontons yesterday. Yes. they. I mean, they looked really good. I, I did a good job. I think there's maybe too much moisture, but we scrapped that. Um, but, but we made some really good dumplings that were pan fried. Yes, and that way we ensured that the pork inside was cooked because... By the time the outside was crispy on the pork egg rolls, there was not enough time for the inside to cook at all. No. In any way, shape, or form. So we experimented culinarily. It was a half success. Yes. Really but, tasty half. Yeah. Half that worked out well. Yeah. For some lemongrass that we had frozen from the garden last year. Some lemon balm from the, our garden bed of Bun Bun Treats. Do we have... Mm. Not one but two garden beds devoted to things that they will eat? Yes, yes absolutely. we do. Um, Asta is currently roll-flopped. Yeah, she's very relaxed. She's enjoying the air conditioning that we just put on because there is no way that we would be able to be comfortable without air conditioning for the rest of the day. She had her hay. She had her treats. She romped and zoomed and binkied and is now ready for nap time. She explored the library, which is a current literal hellhole of comics and action figures and things like that that I have not put away because it is shut off from the bun bun. So I just sort of chuck new things in there and then close the door quickly. So, And all of our rabbits love the forbidden areas. They They would like to go there. They really would. They have gotten a taste for a few and would like to go back. They, yes, they would. And explore to their heart's content and probably leave little poops. Nick and Nora are currently upstairs in the living room at my place. They are separated because they had a... A little spat. Yeah, their bond was frayed and it's gotten bad. So they're back in individual pens in a new neutral area. And did I have to do some last minute, like... How can I block this off? Absolutely, because Nora loves forbidden areas, and she loves electric hay, a.k.a. cords. Oh, so many cords in the living room. Yes. So this issue that we're talking about, um, it came out in February 2007. So we've been leading up to at least one of these things in previous pop culture pop-ups, which is the death of Anna Nicole Smith. R.I.P. Anna Nicole. I remember hearing the news of her death. I was at a conference, and we were driving back, and it was all over the news that Sunday morning, like, Anna Nicole Smith died. And we were so sad, because she's such a pop culture icon. Um, She had that reality series on E! And yes, I have it on DVD. Of course Um, you do. And 
I mean, it's sort of sad because she's so out of it. Oh. In that series, like in retrospect, like that was some predatory management probably that signed her up for that. Oh no. I know. But it was highly entertaining. Well, in college, so. I I could not tell you who she is. Like, oh. I might recognize a picture or two. I mean, she was hot in the 90s. Like, a top model for guest jeans. Like, super hot. Married a billionaire. He died. She was in court battles forever. I think... Uh, one of those Howard Hughes type situations. It was. Where... His name was, it was J. Howard Marshall, I believe, was her husband. Oh. And she was in a fight with his son after he died. And she was painted as the stereotypical gold digger. Oh, okay. Like, you married this old dude and bonked him for money. Didn't she have music? No. I'm th- I think about Kurt Cobain's widow then. Courtney Love. Yes. Yes. Musician in her own right. Yes. Courtney Love. Um, also in February 2007, the Super Bowl, or Superb Owl, happened. And oh. the, the halftime show was Prince. I am a bad Minnesotan. I didn't stay around for it. We didn't, like, a... You weren't at the Super Bowl, let's clarify. You can't say you were a bad Minnesotan and didn't stick around for the... We had a Super Bowl. Super Bowl party, like a campus event. Okay. Um, and the group I was, I think, co-president of at this point was one that organized it, so I had to stick around and, like, be there for it. But that was it was not a good semester. It was not a good point for me. So I think I just left shortly before the halftime show because I didn't know what was happening with the sports ball. Oh. And it is regarded as probably the best Super Bowl show of all time. Oh, yeah, I need to look it up on YouTube. Good because, for Prince. Yeah. I mean, he put on a hell of a show. Nice. Britney's meltdown happened this month. Oh, no. Attacking the car with the umbrella, shaving her head. Oh, that, no. Yeah. This is the descent of Britney. Because shortly after this, she was put into that conservatorship? Yes, as a result of this. Well, good for her for not being in it anymore. Yes. And the song Climbing the Charts, it's The Sweet Escape by Gwen Stefani, featuring Akon. Do I? I'll, I probably... I, you definitely know this song. Yeah, I would recognize it. I'm not going to try to do the woohoos that happened, because that's what Akon contributed mostly to that song. But it was super annoying the following summer, because then people were, like, singing it in the residence halls. Oh, no. Yeah. And it... Yeah, it was unnecessary. Yeah. And this spring, I think, um, they started singing it, so oh. it got to be real old, real fast, but very good song. I mean, this is part of the Gwen Stefani's still, like, rolling her 2005 album, and I think this is from the follow-up album, but, like, she was hot in this period. Gwen Stefani as a solo artist in the mid-2000s, it's hard to peak that. As a female performer. like it She's was, done well. Yes, she has. And now she's... Is she still a judge on The Voice? Or did she leave? She was with Blake, who she's not married to, but they're a couple and have been a couple. Unknown. Um, but I feel like No Doubt to her solo stuff and then getting back together with No Doubt. Yeah. Like, she's managed her 
image and her career very well. Yeah. To like always staying relevant and which I think you need was probably what you need to do if you're a pop star, which sounds exhausting. But. Yes. So why don't we dive into this issue? And we actually have a front page for this. Yeah, issue. I missed it. Um, also, it's got fun cover art. It's got a strong guy holding Teresa and Monet apart as Rain tries to separate them. And Victor's off in the corner laughing. Layla's off in the corner looking worried and handing some ice to Madrox, who has, has some a big bump on his head. He has some lumps. He does take his lumps in this issue, for sure. He does. And I was sort of thrown off by the... Normally it's an image and what happened immediately before. But in this case, we get a what's happened up until now paragraph, and it starts with a big bang. (laughs) It is the wide view going in. And it sort of goes from formation of the solar system to formation of humans to the creation of the x-men who was canceled and then brought back <laughs> eventually became successful and, like there's some good comedy in here eventually the x-men broke up but were later reunited as x-factor but then they stopped being x-factor and a bunch <laughs> of guys who knew no one was uh was that interested in became x-factor it was eventually canceled but then andy schmidt got the bright idea to do a limited series based on madrox called in Peter David to write it, and Pablo Raimondi to pencil it, and sold really well, and now here we are. And I wonder if it's one of those things where they knew they wanted to end with, now here we are, because the image below it is Strong Guy on Doc Samson's couch, looking away, like, it's a very lonely image Mm. for Guido, and for the words, and now here we are, and that image. Mm Mm-hmm is very powerful so it'd be cool if like they knew that's what they wanted and then worked backwards and then worked all the way back to the big bang (laughs) but in the actual plot summary we've got uh the fact that everyone went to see doc samson that monet and siren are at odds because madrox slept with both of them and doc recommended being honest about it and it didn't go well Mm. Meanwhile, Guido deals with the aftermath of having, while under mind control, killed Dr. Buchanan. And the fact that there was a lot, and we can't summarize it in this paragraph, so you should just buy the issue. Yeah, it's true. So, a little bit extra in terms of capitalism, but it's a good opening page. It is. And then we open with Madrox being held at gunpoint. And it's basically like, I bet you're wondering how I got into this situation sort of thing. Yeah, because the day had not gone very well for him. Yes. So we are introduced to Madrox's no good, very bad day. and <laughs> Correct. Um, and the story arc is multiple issues, which is going to play out over multiple issues of this comic book. Yes. Well done. Yes. I appreciate that wordplay. Uh, the first image, we have a home repair van, which I've always wondered, um, how do they get the repair so fast? But apparently... They have someone on retainer. I mean, there I mean, is someone on, recall, on call to cruise in and fix stuff every other day. It, I feel like Madrox is going to have to get back on who wants to be a millionaire because he bought the building. That's yeah. a big chunk of change. Food. Yeah. For a whole team. 
and now like a constant string of re- structural repairs like a wall got destroyed previously yep. there was some interior flooding and when you know some major structural damage i mean did they hit a load-bearing beam because layla almost got crushed yeah they were <laughs> i just standing a foot away from that cinder block that fell yeah um it's a lot and they're not bringing in clients we haven't seen a client yet since since the movie star yeah that whole mess yes. yes um yeah so we've got madrox on his knees pleading with Teresa to not be mad like can we just talk about this i should have told you earlier and in her very small font because she's whispering because she can control her whisper if she starts talking she'll start yelling if she starts yelling she'll start screaming and then the whole neighborhood is demolished um and she's like you just need to leave yeah and he's like well we'll do this later when you nod as you know she says homicidal homicidal yes oh that was some rough pronunciation also dear listener if we suddenly lose track of what we're saying it's because asta revived herself from her nap and did a little zoom and is currently digging at hay to find the best pieces so uh, madrox is like fine i'll leave you alone runs into monet in the hallway and she wants to have words with the dupe that slept with her because she figures it probably wasn't madrox prime and she knows that she the ass she needs to kick is not the ass of Madrox Prime. Yes. And so she, she grabs him, throws him against the wall, and is like, are you the dupe? And he sort of quivers and says, like, I, just, I know that you're upset. So she's like, well, definitely not him. Bump. Yeah, she just keeps <laughs> whacking Madrox against the wall, trying to find this one. And it goes for, like, pages. Well, where panels. Or the, yeah, the last panel on the page, you get the van still on the outside, driving away, having fixed the damage from before, and just oomph, oomph, <laughs> oomph, as she continues to whack him against the wall, looking for that dupe. Yeah. It's great. It's a lot of fun. Um, which is juxtaposed against the next few pages, which follows Strong Guy and Rain as they talk to Alex Buchanan. Yeah, who does not know that she's a widow just yet. And Rain tries to very diplomatically, like, hello, how are you? Like, we we, have an update. We need to talk to you. And then Guido, just out with it. Your husband's dead. The reason I know is because I killed him. I crushed his throat. And (laughs) there's a panel of Alex fainting. Well, the panel is on Guido and Rain. Yep. As there's a woomph. And Rain is like, oh, so tactful. Yeah. The sarcasm is strong. In this issue, and and especially later on, there's a very nice, like, dig at Madrox that we get to. Yeah. We get a really fun scene with Madrox and Richter at the local bar. Yeah. And Madrox is trying to drink his troubles away, which, fun fact, is not how it works. Hmm. Uh, But... Richter is just, what's the word, jibing him? Jibing. Yes. Like, little gentle darts. Yes. And, which is funny, um, 
because and he's, he's like, like i'm richter i know stuff <laughs> like yeah. oh so it was layla who plabbed and richter's the, still looking at like that hair the hair i uh, the character designs are really on point for this series who did the character design for richter though? like was it the first artist on the book like was it a collaboration was this hair chosen because it was like so different from the 90s hair like emo-ish it reminds me of like what i like good charlotte that sort of thing it's i don't think it's zach efron hair no because it does but it has that like yeah thick swooshy vibe to it yeah but there's no swoosh it's just flat anyway Anyway. so um he's richter's like well who's better in bed and meta's like oh i can't say that so richter whistles and then we get a fun panel where madrox looks away but he like you can see his eyes are still on richter and just drops monet and richter reacts like I don't necessarily like this straight Richter. Uh, we're going to get into that in like another page. I don't think this is straight Richter at all. <laughs> Richter is just curious. And it's a way of like digging in further. And it, well, well, plus the whole like walking in on Monet thing. Yeah. Like, it's just not, not the ideal Richter that I have built up in my head. And there's a whole water metaphor, and I think it's a reference to that dude who had the magic shows where people get sprayed if they were in the first five rows. That's Gallagher. Yes. Yes. Um, with watermelons and sledgehammers. Yes. Um, so with this... Or you're at, like, SeaWorld or something, and you're in the splash zone for when, like, that orca oh. hits the water again. And they have a new Sparky the Seal at the Como Zoo. Yeah, here in St. Paul. Yes. I didn't know that Sparky was just a name passed on. I think this is Sparky the 18th. Oh. I thought it was like Sparky the 6th. Oh no, it's yeah. been... Sparky sea lions is... can live a long time. This one, it was like 25 years old. Yes. Imagine all the fish it got as treats. I know. It was like a treat. Do you have a fish for me? <laughs> um, so Mandrox is still sad and now they both hate my guts um and richard still gets in these little jives of like oh speaking of going down and maddox is like shut up we'll change the subject what's happening with you and quicksilver and yeah how- because quicksilver is like very cult leaderish still like he's so that, creepy that's the vibes i'm getting from what we've been reading so far like he's leading some sort of cult and he's positioned himself as the leader like well, if you're judged worthy. And it's... Like, uh, I'm just the vessel. Right. Ugh. But a lot of that has been, like, a dark cloud hanging off in the distance. Like, yeah. we haven't seen necessarily a whole lot of Quicksilver. But there's still something between him and Richter. And Richter's like, he says a lot of stuff. It's sort of interesting. Uh, I've been feeling it out. It's not like I'm sleeping with him. And... As Madrox takes a drink, Richter adds any more. And he spits, like, across the table into Richter's <laughs> face. Like, it's a total spit take. Fun fact. I did this to my best friend in Colorado. We were at brunch, and I was drinking coffee, and someone said something really funny. I don't even know what it was mm. anymore. 
but I had to spew, and I spewed all over her, oh. and there was a mirror-shaped outline of her oh, in the cushion no. behind. And to this day, like, we both still laugh about it, because, like, it doesn't seem real. That's ridiculous. Right? But it happened in real life, and <laughs> somehow she and I are still friends. Mm. Sunday we will make it out to Colorado to see her. Yes. So, um, so Maddox is like, what? And Rich is like, give me some credit. It was clearly a joke. Um, he's, like, clearly semi-evil. And, yeah, give me some credit. Yep. So Maddox goes off into this whole, like, the team is falling apart, I'm falling apart, what is happening? Mm-hmm. Um, he puts the fun in dysfunctional for X Factor. And, yeah. So, at least we know that Pietro and I, as in Richter, aren't an item, so that's good, right? Maddox says, I suppose. I mean, God knows you wouldn't want to make Shatterstar jealous. And then it's Richter's turn to spew all over Maddox. I love the subtext. Yes. Peter David is laying the foundation for what would come later in the series. Because we know, like, if you're a gay fan of comics at this point, especially during Pride Month, there are tons of posts that happen. You know that Richter and Shatterstar are together now. So... But before this issue, I guess they just had a lot of chemistry that people read into. Because they've alluded to it in the letters page that um, Shatterstar and Richter are a thing, like, people read between the lines yes. on that relationship, but nothing overt, nothing in ink yes. had been written at that point So about Peter it. David is teasing it out, and what we know about him, and especially wrapping up a couple issues ago, where he wrapped up the entire first 12 issues, and that big storytelling arc was Singularity, he always had a plan. He structured this. I wouldn't be surprised if he rolled into Marvel and had... Here's my plan for the first 50 issues of this series. Like, because he, from my understanding, was yanked off of X-Factor previously. My mental image for that is those... um, Is it a murder board? Like Alicia from the X-Wife podcast has? Similar, but then college auditorium where you have, like, the multiple chalkboards. And, Uh like, he just lifts up (laughs) one. Like, here's the first 12 issues moves that up to reveal a whole new chalkboard which is full of the next arc yeah it's i love the planning i love the intentionality and or how it feels like things are intentional what do you think i mean we're gonna go off on a tangent for a couple minutes now what do you think this arc is structured around because we are we're reading the second issue of whatever it may be i mean it's a spoiler for a few pages from now but i think I think X-Factor needs to regroup mm. in some sense. Like, there's the um, Siren Monet Madrox love triangle, which, sure, love triangles are fun and dramatic, but then who has the patience for the sustained version? Mm. Like, it only works in soap opera because everyone is beautiful and somehow has money. Yes. Um, and everyone has, like, significant baggage, so they need to somehow... I think the action will take a backseat to the development and the reform, reformation, reformation of the team. And you mentioned earlier, Quicksilver is still a cloud. 
Yeah. So uh, I feel that... Semi-evil cloud. Yeah, it's going to come into play at some point, but when does it end? I mean... Can you just float off in the distance? (laughs) Because we know that the whole mutants getting powers back, that doesn't last the entire arc of this series. Right. Because the series goes for years and years and years. But in these few issues, there hasn't been any revelation. Yeah. It's not like the series premiere that sets up an ongoing arc. Right. So. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see where this leads us and where it lands. Right. It's not like the time where the second book opens with the theft of the Horn of Valer. So... uh, Do you think that we'll recognize when it lands? Oh, I hope so. But I don't know. Maybe it'll be super subtle, and then we'll just sit there and be like, oh, well, now I get it. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, back to the issue. We're back at the Buchanan household, and... um, Alex has recovered. Yep. And Rain and Guido are talking to her, and um, having some... Deep conversation, I feel. Yeah, Rain is doing some of the more damage control aspects of we treated Guido like it was deep, but he's clean now. He was under the influence of Singularity Investigations. Um, and here's the resolution. We got the information from where uh, your husband's body was dropped. We called in an anonymous tip so it can be found, and it, I mean, he should have been retrieved by now. So Guido sort of drops the, dumped the body, like the, maintaining that blunt nature. Yeah. When rain sort of, sugarcoating sort of runs out of words. And, like, they're doing their best to give her some sort of closure. And Alex puts her tea down. Rain is very confused. She just has some ellipses in her thought bubble. And Alex goes to confront Strong Guy. And sort of starts off with this, do you believe in God? And you're like, oh no, where is this going? Yeah. And Mrs. Buchanan has this moment of, like, we believe that things were here for a reason. Everything, everyone has a reason. I don't pretend to know what that is, which, good for her. Yeah. Because I hate it when people are like, there's a reason for this, and like, I know what it is because I'm Mm. so Christian or whatever. Yeah. Um, But she goes on to say, like, I know what yours is not, and it's not to sit in jail and continue to be um, victimized by singularity from what happened to you. Um. And Greta tries to say, like, but his murder, and she says, will just be one more unsolved murder. Singularity doesn't get any more victims. And Guido doesn't know what to say. Uh, but he promises that this will be his life. Like, he won't waste it. Yeah. And you get this full page spread of her and him sort of embracing. And you get Madrox's thought bubbles, like, this is going to go bad. They're going over and he's going to get arrested. Like, and just imagine the screaming, the recrimination, like all this stuff. And it's him being so wrong, which is sort of like one of the motifs of the issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just so wrong. And that's adds to the power of this image. I feel of like, 
both of them crying and embracing over this tragedy from Alex Buchanan's like generosity, like insincerity. Do you think that this wraps up this storyline a little too neatly? I'm okay with it. I think I think Guido needs something to make to help himself heal. Mm. And like I mean it- Mr. Scott Free, lawyer extraordinaire, would have just said that I'm leading the witness in that line of questioning, but... I think... I think it's a good moment for Guido, and it's one that he deserves, if that makes sense, if we Mm -hmm. can talk about characters in that way. Yeah. And, like, it does put a nice little bow on Singularity and puts it on the shelf as a done, fully closed file. Yeah. But I'm okay with it. Yeah, because uh, that revelation of him being a murderer, that was a sharp turn. That was... I had feelings about it. Yeah, and that was a really jarring thing to do to a character who up until then was pretty lovable and a cuddly big teddy bear. Right, the gentle giant motif. Yes. Um, And that characterization was really smashed to bits. So was... I feel it was a bit too easy. Like, they resolved this within four pages. And... But Guido was in turmoil for more than that. Yeah, from his therapy session with Doc Sampson. Yeah. Um, so we'll see if it ever comes into play or not. I, I hope it does. I hope that this lends his character more depth as the series goes on. Um, because he was sort of a one-note character up until then. Like a, a touchstone to remind us of his development and yes. his death. Yes, yeah. So I hope that they continue that on so it's not so easy as you're reading it right now. Like, oh, the widow, she forgave, and that's it. Like, period, on that storyline. I don't think we ever go back to Alex Buchanan again. No. I can't see why we ever would. No, Unless there's, like, a trial. Or she turns up as a mutant herself. Right, but it seems unlikely. (laughs) Especially from letters pages where Peter David is like, I'm not bringing in more characters. And actually, one of the people who wrote about, hey, are you going to bring some more characters in the last issue, reached out to me on Instagram. Oh, really? Yes! It was so cool! Um, I don't have the issue in front of me. I think I filed it away. Um, it's not the one where the person is like, this is a second rate comic. No, it's the, it's, it's the letter right after that. It's like, are you going to bring in Havoc and Polaris? Oh, that one. Which was really cool because, um, oh, I forget his name. I even looked up the letter after we had the conversation. Um, but I'm going to try to look it up really quick. On Instagram while I'm also talking. Um, But it was really... It was Lance. Lance. Hello, Lance. Um, Lance from issue 13 said he picked up this series starting with issue 9. And it was written so well that he was able to get right into it. He did not need to go all the way back to... uh, That's 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 a Hallmark thing. Like, that's great. Because... like. as I've said before on this podcast, like, my greatest trepidation is that, like, if you step into it, will you have enough context? Do I need to go back to this? And then that leads me back to another thing, and it turns into a big snowball of 
Like, I'm so overwhelmed by everything, and do I need to know every character's history to understand what they're doing? Right. And that's why we're covering the series at the heart of it, that you don't need to read Generation X to enjoy Monet. Right. You don't need to read the previous iteration of X Factor to enjoy Guido. It's a part, points for Lance for all that, like being able to step into it, and points to Peter David for creating something that's so easily picked up. Yeah, this is a, a great introductory book, I think, even for comics. Like, you don't need to want to read an X-Men title. You don't need to re- want to read a Marvel title. This is just a great comics title. Right. Where the storytelling is tight, there's superpowers, but there's character development and underlying interpersonal relationships, like... And it's sort of on the fringe of a genre. Like, it... Yeah. If you grew up reading Agatha Christie books and then watched something Man or the Maltese Falcon and like that sort of yep. nitty gritty mystery, like this is nitty gritty mystery. It just happens to be X Men. Yeah. So it was really cool hearing from Lance and his experiences, which I feel echo so much with your own, where you do want to read more, but it can be so overwhelming. It can be daunting when you're like, I want to read X Men. I want to read. Okay. My favorite character is. X. X being not the X and X-Men, but whoever. Like, right. fill in the blank. My favorite character is this. I want to read more. And you've gone through that with Iceman. I want to read more Iceman. Where do I read in the 90s comics? And it's like, well... And you I... sort of drop in and you're just like, wait, but there's another plot line that's happening. And like, oh, do I have to go back to that? Oh, there's this other plot line. Yeah. And it's sort of like when we were cleaning the basement and I just couldn't handle it for more than a minute or two without getting overwhelmed and shutting down and... Yeah, so uh, this is a great way for us to read about, you know, those second-tier characters (laughs) that no one else wanted, but... but, I just love how that... (laughs) But they... uh, they quickly become your favorite characters. Like, right. because I mean, because of these moments of depth and yeah. development. Like Monet, I didn't read Generation X. I read Generation X after I read like 50 issues of the series. Yeah. And then I saw like teenage Monet and she's still sassy and everything back then. Um, but this is a great window into a character. You can just read the series and be fine with the characters as they are. And you don't need to read beyond it. Yeah. If you don't want to. So after the Buchanan period. We, oddly enough, start with a panel that looks like Como Park with a sea lion sitting <laughs> on a rock. Hello, hello, Sparky. That was an unplanned segue. Yes. Um, so Madrox has called up Doc Samson for an on-the-go therapy session at the zoo. And his, his inner monologue text boxes here are sort of following how he feels and how he says he feels a lot. Um, People get upset about animals in the zoo. I say they're lucky. No decisions, no choosing who lives and dies. It's bliss. Like, that is his ideal thing. Mm -hmm. When he has all these multiple options in front of him, he doesn't, and is incapacitated by that choice, they don't, not having that choice sounds so amazing to him. Yeah. So, Doc Samson rolls up. And <laughs> makes a jive like, I don't see any more glass fragments in your hair, so things must be going okay with Monet and Teresa. <laughs> um, and, and it's sort 
wandering through the zoo. Yep. There's some polar bears. They talk about climate change. It makes me really sad because... We've known about it for so long and nothing has really changed. Yep. Um, and... Oh, there was a poignant thing on this page. Um, oh. So it shows that things of beauty can be hurt without anybody intending to. Mm. Also, shout out to Wingspan the with some of the fun facts where the taxable population decline that also makes you realize that as well. It's a great bird card game. Wingspan is, yes. I'm sure we've talked about it before in this podcast. It's inescapable it in is. our lives. It really is. And Madrox is saying, I just feel all over the place. Literally, I'm out of control. Or my life is out of control because the team is out of control. They're splintering apart. I don't know how to pull any of this together. And sort of talk verbally processes himself to the point of like, maybe I should pull myself together. Like all this started after I sent all those dupes out mm-hmm. to go out and learn in some great odyssey. And the idea of like, maybe if I literally pull myself together, I will figuratively pull myself together. So it's his mission. It's multiple issues because he is going to go out and suck those uh, dudes back in. If you're a fan of the show Ghosts like we are, they're going to get sucked off. Yes. Ghosts on CBS, by the way. Totally worth, like, subscribe for one month to Paramount Plus, which is a terrible app. However, the show is so good. It's so good, and they're filming the second season right now. They just began. And some of the actors are fantastic to follow on the socials. Yes. So um, Danielle Pinnock um, oh. at Body Courage, I think, is her handle. I think so, yep. Um, she's a hoot. She is. So she does a whole series of songs white people like. <laughs> <laughs> Highly recommend. Um, so uh, at the end of this conversation... Madrox gets splattered with monkey shit. He almost does it. I mean, oh. it's a window. Oh. Um, so they're having this heavy conversation. I thought it was great for some reason. Uh, well, Madrox's posture doesn't change. Mm. And, he, oh, and it's yeah, only they're... shadows on his face. It's okay. not actual excrement. Poop. Okay. Um, but Doc Samson, like, you can see him recoiling from the giant splat <laughs> on a monopoeia that's on the page. Um, so yeah, like... Another fun, like, heavy conversation with a, like, oh, just a flair of comedy in it. Yes. And I feel like I keep saying it multiple times per issue, but the fact that it's woven in so much and so well. It's very what? deft. Yes. Oh, that's a good word for it. Lithe, if you will. Yes. Um, then we're back in X Factor headquarters. There, The temperature of this room is chilly. We've got Monet at the bar stool reading a magazine, Vogue, in fact, and we've got Teresa reading the paper, and silence, and <laughs> Madbox's text bubbles are like, I, so I'm here, I made my decision, um, I'm not back at the office, the girls can handle anything, it's fine. And then Layla Miller comes in and sees both of them sitting in silence, and she is getting real grumbly. Yeah, there's the panel with just M and Siren. Then there's Layla as she walks in. Layla as she gets closer, hands on her hips, like looking back and forth between the two, and does the. 
I feel like anime does this really well, but the hmm, <laughs> sort of like grumpy, something needs to change. I'm going to change it. Not for the benefit of these other two people, but for my own. Yep. And she just yanks Monet's stool, t- turns it around, and Monet is like, what are you doing? I could break you in half of all the rude ungrateful. <laughs> and Layla just erupts, like, not just a normal text bubble, but text bubble framed in red. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Monet is startled into silence. Layla goes over to Siren and does the exact same thing. And... It's basically the, like, you need to talk to each other. Clearly she's having a moment of freaking out a little bit. Like, you both feel used. I get that. Jamie, he's all dot dot dot. And you guys are so uh, dot yeah. dot dot. And I knew it wouldn't end well, but he made you feel good for a while, right? And isn't that just, just stop? If you can't stop being mad at Jamie, at least stop being mad at each other. Because I hate how it is now. And if it doesn't change, then I'm going to make it change. No. Like... Yeah, I, I love this moment for Layla. Yes. <laughs> of, like, such agency and such, like, taking charge of a situation when normally she's the she's one in the, the background. Yes. Being told, like, you need to go fix this. Layla, can you handle this? Layla, like, work the phones in the background, pulling strings to make it happen. And this is a much more direct take control. And she's the adult it. in this situation. Yeah. And she storms off in a huff and I know it's just not a Bechtel test situation because it is about Jamie right. to some extent but I feel like it diffuses it from being the toxic what the Bechtel test calls out mm. situation of like working out between the two of you you're all adults like don't go after the other woman yeah so uh, Monet starts, so do you want to go shopping before Layla sends us to the cornfield? And Teresa's like, that's your answer? Shopping? That is... Well, where were you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> Paris, I can get a jet. Yeah. <laughs> and they look at each other for a panel, and they're like, yeah, alright. Yeah, let's go. Like, I just love that they take it to heart, and they're just like, Resolving their shit. Yep. Also, now that we have these paper copies, Mm -hmm. there's so many ads in the middle. There are. There's some wrestling figures, which I didn't recognize any of them really. There's some video games, some which I do recognize. There's Ghost Rider. I mean, we're not going to do ad alerts like X-Reads because that is... We can't beat their ad alerts. They are hilarious. They're well done. Um, But they're... There's so many ads. They're like poor X reads if they did this issue. <laughs> they're <laughs> in their summary they're like ad alert, ad alert. It, for real. Um Red But alarm. like it's it's not only like Ghost Rider the movie, then there's like Ghost Rider the video game out on PlayStation. It's just There's a lot. There's a lot. So we're back to Madrox. He gets his text bubbles and He's walking into S.H.I.E.L.D. He knows at least one dupe's location for sure. He's mm-hmm. like, oh, this will be relatively easy. I'll go get the one that I know, and then I'll track down the others. Yeah, he's a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, so like, he's going to be in the office. Right. And I can get in there because he's me, so I can get past security. 
And so he walks in, looking slightly confused, and gets called out for it. And he's like, "Where is my office?" He's looking confused because even in his text bubble ahead of it, he's like, "But this place is like a maze." (laughs) So he gets some directions. He walks into the office, and that's when we get all the guns pointed at him. I mean, luckily, his wounds have healed from being thrown through the window. He no longer has the band-aids that have been on his face, the whole issue. And there's someone that I don't know, because I... (laughs) This is my first time going through this. And it's Val Cooper, your boss back in the day. So thank you for that added context, Peter David. And uh, he does that so well, adding in just one sentence. It does not need to be... uh, a deep dive beginning of the issue sort of thing. It's just your my your old boss. And I've read exactly one issue of old X Factor because I got it at a comic shop because I'm creating that run. And I randomly just picked I think it was issue eighty eight, which has Val Cooper in it. So oh. Like, I was exposed a little bit to her just a few weeks ago. Yeah, but it's exactly that. Like, and I think Peter David references it in the letters pages of, like, I'm not going to rehash everything. I'm not going to redo all that. I'll give you just enough of what you need to get it and move on. Yep. And so... So now she's working for S.H.I.E.L.D. She used to work for the National Emergency, Office of National Emergency, and there's some dripping sarcasm here because Madrox is not very good at picking up on the obvious. Mm-hmm. Oh, you work here now? No, I'm, I'm still at the other office. And they're like, we know <laughs> we know it's not you. We know about your abilities and we put a chip in our Madrox so that we know that it's actually him when he walks in and not just you as you're seriously trying to try right now. Um... So, they had this conversation, Madrox is trying to pull himself together, and Val's like, huh, I'm doing all these favors for you, you need me here, protecting you, running interference, um, so just go away and stay out of our way, like, just let this do be, is sort of the subtext mm-hmm. of, as she, of what she's saying. Um, and yeah, unsuccessful attempt by Madrox. Which I feel is sort of on brand. Yes. Like he goes for the low hanging fruit and it's more complicated and he doesn't get what he wanted. Yep. But you know what he can have? Girl Scout cookies? Yeah, he's approached by uh, uh, a girl with Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> and she, she interrupts him and he's like, sorry, I was having an inner monologue. <laughs> and she's like, what? Nothing. What's up? <laughs> so uh, they want some Thin Mints. He opens the box and he gets gassed. And then this girl is saying, Schnell, Schnell. So, you girl know. speaking German, we we have a hint at what this may be because he is trundled into a van. He gets a nice, oh, yeah. moment as he just gets tossed in. Well done, Hell Hydra. Yep. Let's go. It's those Hydra dicks. And for Madrox being on brand with himself for that epic fail, like, well, at least I'm consistent. Yeah. And And that's the end of the issue. No letters page. No letters page. So maybe that's the trade-off for us getting the introductory page. Oh, no. I want both. I know. I want it all. (laughs) So, Asta has had it all. She's hungered for a nap. Mm -hmm. That's a good plan. Yes. What did you think of the issue? 
I thought it was good. I love character development. So yeah. I love that moment with Guido. I loved Siren and Monet being pushed. Like, it's not a rut for them to fall into the jaded ex-lovers category. Like, it's a pothole. They have moved on to something else. Yes. and Thank goodness. This was a good... I feel last issue with the therapy was a really good story pause as a breather where you got moments with every single character because in team books you don't always get that. And we'll see that moving forward. Like certain issues exclude some characters. We've seen that before as well in the first 12 issues where it's like, oh, these two or three characters, they're not around for this issue. So that was a good, let's catch up with everyone get them to the same point story-wise this is the launch like we are taking off in the plane now everyone's boarded when now we're taking off in different directions we have separate storylines for a lot of them and i think when you're talking about like what is the next 12 issues going to entail i think that madrox running after his dupes is mm. a good way to, is part of that sort of like ref- forming development like literally har har yeah that was unintentional but i'll take credit for that pun (laughs) and um monet and Teresa are like stepping forward on a new front um oh i've lost my train of thought but it was going to be so poignant and so good so uh, oh the theme for the next 12 the picking up stuff we got that as a nice launch period but we also have hydra who knows what is happening with hydra yeah so we'll we'll probably find out next issue. Yes. Yeah. And the cover of next issue is a bunch of dupes, say, like, in front of a Hydra symbol with their fist up, like they're saying, Hail Hydra. Yes. The only thing that's missing is a text bubble that says Hail Hydra. But we know. You know that's what they're saying. Yes. Um, all right. So everyone, rate, review, and subscribe. We would love for you to go along with us on this journey and we're on, like, every podcast platform. So, drop a line on the Insta. Yeah, we are at your... X-Factor Files Podcast. We want your thoughts and feelings. Yes, let us know your experiences. Again, thanks to Lance for reaching out and talking about, like, when he joined and why it was really cool to him. Um, we love hearing those stories because they're so similar to our own. Yeah. And if you're an experienced reader, let us know your jumping on point or why you were excited for this series yeah how how exactly do you manage it when you're going along and something tangentially brushes the issues that you're reading and you're like oh i want to know more about that like how do you deal with that situation exactly all right everyone well we will catch you next time stay safe stay cool if you are in the northern hemisphere i mean fair yes See ya. Bye.